Welcome to the Resistance Broadcast, everybody. I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have a very cool show in store for you today. We have a special guest joining us. Uh, we're going to talk all about Star Wars. We're bringing back one with the Force. We're going to get some of your questions in for our guest, James and Lacey, with me as always. And our special guest this week, I got I to gotta read this off because the accolades are just out of control on this guy. Uh, <laughs> Emmy-winning broadcaster, play-by-play announcer for NBA, WNBA, Brooklyn Nets, and my team, the New York Yankees, and the co-host of the R2C2 podcast with CC Sabathia. Welcome to the Resistance, Ryan Rucco. How's it going, Ryan? Oh man, I'm just so jacked up to be here with you guys because I mean, I got <laughs> I got this amazing baby Yoda over Lacey's shoulder. I got the incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks like the Rise of Skywalker poster and James is set up. And I mean, John, it looks like you just got a basement full of goodies there, or, or like so. <laughs> it, this is this is perfect for me, seriously. And all you know, I, I wanted to change my shirt to something Star Wars, to my Darth Vader hoodie, but I I forgot to. But I do have my my Star Wars notebook with me. So nice, yeah. So I I at least got something with me. And by the way, that's that's not even planned. That's just because you know Star Wars is always on me in some way. That's good. I've got a Star Wars baseball shirt on if it makes you feel any better. Now that's the synergy we're really looking for. (laughs) (laughs) Balance in the force of sports and Star Wars. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So before we get into our first segment, uh, One with the Force, um, I wanted to ask you because... You're you're a little. I looked at your Wikipedia. You're a couple years younger than me, but in the wheelhouse of sports in the '90s, and I know you've been involved with ESPN and you, you're announcing NBA and all that stuff. I assume you watched The Last Dance. I want to hear what your take was on it. And were you at all a Bulls fan, or were you a New York fan? Like, what was your vibe when you were uh, growing up in the '90s? So I, I um, growing up, what's interesting is I love Jordan. Um, but the first NBA team I rooted for was the Knicks. Now, interestingly, with basketball, for whatever reason, I was never as diehard with my teams the way mm-hmm. that I was with football as a Giants fan and with baseball as a Yankees fan. I loved the sport. I watched it intently. And there were times growing up where I was like diehard into series with the Knicks and then eventually with the Lakers because Kobe was my favorite player. And then eventually with the Nets uh, because I love the Jason Kidd teams. And then now I broadcast games for them. Um, But I, I never had the same kind of allegiance to a team, but like when it came to, you know, those teams, like I, I love Jordan. I love Jordan, which was rare because for kids who grew up rooting for the Knicks in any way at that time, usually you hated the Bulls, you know? Yeah. That just shows you how I love the sport, was obsessed with it, but I wasn't like, I wasn't a Jordan hater, even though I liked the Knicks. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, and I just loved, loved, loved Jordan. Um, And so for me, watching The Last Dance was amazing. Um, You know, the first finals I remember watching was the 93 finals with the Bulls and the Suns. I was... um, six years old when it was happening, Mm -hmm. but I do remember watching it and being into it. And then I remember really watching, you know, the final three finals that uh, Jordan and those Bulls teams were involved in against the Sonics and then the two against the Jazz. But I I love the last dance because, like, I know, you know, I've seen some people be critical, and I just think anytime anything is involving Jordan or LeBron these days, it kind of goes with it. But I've seen some people being critical, saying like, well, you know, it wasn't like a hardcore documentary. It was more of like a celebration, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but like 
wasn't it so cool to see <laughs> that footage and the celebration of these guys and just remembering the way like Michael moved so gracefully on the floor and and so yeah. for for me I loved it I really did. It, it it was worth it alone seeing the 1990s suits that these guys were rocking. <laughs> yeah, like they look like the henchmen from Roger Rabbit, just baggy oh, and just great huge. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen Roger Rabbit in far too long. Um, I still have a, so a, a crush on Jessica Rabbit, so I, <laughs> I need to I need to watch. It's been a while, and I need to watch. <laughs> I have a more important question. Do you like Space Jam? I love Space Jam. Great. That's all I need to know. I rest my case. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> what about, are you excited for Space Jam, A New Legacy? I am, oh, yeah. I, I am excited about it. You know, I think like what's been interesting is, you know, in all, in all honesty, like most of the things that LeBron has been involved in when it comes to entertainment have been really high quality, you know? So as much right. as people may want to poo-poo it or be like, oh my gosh, why are these people invading this space? You know, which I get when you see Giannis and Steph Curry and Kevin Durant and LeBron all in production deals. I get it. I get why that would be the inclination. But um, in fairness to uh, LeBron James, almost everything he's done has been awesome. So I think uh, I fair. think Space Jam: A New Legacy will be really good. Yeah, and it's it's you know it just keeps that stoking that flame of LeBron Jordan, right? So yeah, we need that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> As if we didn't have enough embers already flaking exactly, through the universe. Right. right. More. <laughs> um so you ha- yeah, you haven't um you- you've been watching Star Wars though, so let's get into uh one with the Force James and we have some cool topics that we're going to run through, so let's uh, get the fun going. The Force is with me. And I'm one with the Force. All right, so here we are, one with the force. John, is this the It's Back Baby? It's Back Baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we haven't done one with the force in a while, and uh, so if you've forgotten, which I don't know why you would have, I'm going to run down a couple different questions, and we're only allowed to give one answer to it. So let's kick it off with the first one. If you could transport yourself as a new character into any scene in Star Wars history, what scene are you choosing and what character or what kind of a character would you be? Now, Ryan. Oh, man. You've had a little bit of time to think about it. We sent you the show notes. You're going first on this one. What do you (laughs) think? I am going to transport myself to uh, episode three, um, which which I, I love Revenge of the Sith. And I am going to transport myself to the scene where Yoda and uh, Palpatine are fighting. Um, and Yoda, you know, feels like he's going to be able to end this right there, right? And, right. Um, and I'm going to help Yoda out. And, you know, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to ruin movies four through nine by helping him out because we're going to defeat <laughs> But me and Yoda are going to – I am going to be – uh, uh, you know, a really, I want to, I want to say like a, a Obi-Wan-esque Jedi, like very virtuous, very enlightened, but also, um, you know, powerful in battle. Um, and together we are going to uh, tag team Palpatine, knock him out. And we're going to trust that Obi-Wan then will get the news and tell Anakin like, Hey bro, you, you know, you guys gone, so you might as well come back to us. Like, oh well. <laughs> so so that's, that's the scene I'm going to. 
Wow. So that's very um, like Back to the Future. You're just changing everything and erasing the other movies, like you say. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> it's a good answer. Yeah. It's a good answer. Yeah. Um, uh, John, you're up next. So you guys know Attack of the Clones is my least favorite Star Wars movie, but I was thinking about this and I'm like, do I want to go to, you know, the carbon chamber? And that's my answer for everything. Vader, Luke. And I was like, no. So I actually am picking the bar scene that Obi-Wan and Anakin chase Zam Wessel into in Mm. Attack of the Clones, that sports bar. Yeah. Where the guy selling the death sticks. And I was just thinking, you know, I I don't know why. Sleaze Bagum. Yeah, Sleaze Bagonis (laughs) or whatever his name is. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, that looks like the place to be. You're on Coruscant. It's like the Manhattan of Star Wars. And this bar is like the ultimate sports bar everything's happening you're watching jedi like these famous jedi taking people out but like i could be like a cook or something and not be in any trouble i he think that's where Ahmed I, best. I think that's where I, yeah ahmed best was there playing as like odd mech beck or whatever it was he's just like the guy that's like yeah i think that would be the place to be i think that's my pick all right well Lacey, what's your pick i'm gonna pick uh return of the jedi celebration Endor. we've won let's party that's pretty good that's the best time <laughs> i mean that's that's the best I time know. to celebrate um, and are you a wookie no i would be a resistance i meant ewok actually <laughs> i said wookie because but... like han solo's taken but luke is mm-hmm. fair game so yeah all right that's that's legit <laughs> <laughs> that's fair and to the point i agree um I'm going uh, Return of the Jedi as well, but I'm going the final throne room. <laughs> James just oh. shows up. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's a great scene. Um, yeah. yeah. I like I like the idea of being someone pivotal in the scene, but at the same time, I just I w- I don't mind being like literally anybody, even if I'm like one of the old purple guys. Like, right. oh, what's going on in that room? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, so you're one of Palpatine's like minions. Well, I mean, I'm saying I wouldn't mind just as long as I could peer in and have have witnessed right. to the greatest shift change. Probably, you know, you say Order 66, it's like it's all over the place. You know, this is like the greatest power shift in the galaxy. Right. Um, it's just funny because it's just you, all in one room. Yeah. You hate conflict and you're like, I'm going to go to the major right to the conflict. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, as, soon, as soon as he throws him off the edge, he's like. You know, I've seen him. I've seen Darth Vader die in the movies a couple times. I'm just gonna use this to get the ship and get off of that. I was right just now. about to ask that you have to make sure you have an escape pod or you're toast, man. So yeah, yeah right. but I can I could walk away. They don't know I'm are there. You, are so. you taking Luke's ship? Like, does Luke not make it off thanks to you now? Like, oh no, <laughs> he definitely does. Yeah. he's waiting to have a date with me. Right, I'm like down. On no, the I'm like walking around. I'm like, <laughs> oh, there's a Lambda class shuttle. I'm sure these there's a. Did, a ton of these, right? And I get in there, I take <laughs> off, and then the Luke's like, one. I need a ship! Well, James, <laughs> like, James, we had uh, Yoshi Vu, the artist for episode nine. He did the Death Star yes. 2 stuff, and he added some TIE fighters in. You take one of those, and you get out. That's true. Yeah. Yep, okay. and then Ben Solo can't get to Exegol. It changes Just everything. don't use your <laughs> GPS, because you won't make it. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> that was all right. We're moving on joke. to the next one. Okay. The next question is if blank didn't die, Anakin may not have become Darth Vader. So here are your possibilities. You got to choose one. If Shmi Skywalker didn't die, 
if Mace Windu didn't die or if Qui-Gon Jinn didn't die. All right, John, I'm starting with you. Um, th- I think this is going to be the least popular answer. Like everyone in the comments is going to be like, John, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But <laughs> I- I'm saying if Mace Windu didn't die. John, you're Anakin- wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was already thinking it. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give my reason yeah. and maybe I'll change your mind. But we'll see. Probably not. If if Mace Windu doesn't die, because that's the thing that really put Anakin over. That's the last thing he did before he got anointed Darth Vader. Mm. Maybe they still arrest Palpatine or Windu kills Palpatine. And kind of like what you said before, Ryan, this whole thing, it just ends right there. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, Anakin, you were teetering with your teenage angst and rebellion. Now it's time to come back. We'll make you a Master Jedi, the directed by George Lucas, the end of the saga. So I think Mace Windu... Well, I don't think, like I said, it's going to be the popular pick. Ryan, you say I'm wrong. Fair game. I'm going Mace Windu. You know what? Your explanation, though, your explanation was solid because you are I, you make a good point, I will say. Thank you. Thank you. Well, then let me ask you, Ryan, who do you pick? I mean, I would say Shmi because, like, you know, that's where, you know, we first saw him obviously, like, lash out. Uh, with no control and give totally into hatred, right, and anger. Um, and, uh, and you know, even afterwards, like, you know, his recognition of what he did, right, when he's, he's slumped, uh, you know, against uh, the, the back of, um, you know, where, wherever, uh, I don't know what room that is in the, in the home on Tatooine, but, you know, where he's like, and not just the, you know, and the men, but the women and the children too. You guys, right, you guys yeah. know the scene where yeah. he's confiding in Padme, and and you know it's just like he couldn't deal with losing his mother, and it also is what then drove him with Padme, right? Like he's trying to make sure that never happens again. Well, if Shmi, that's a great point. You know, if Shmi's still alive, he doesn't have to worry about that never happening again because it didn't happen once. You know, so. I, I think I would go with Shmi. I actually, I like your point, John, on, on Mace because, you know, if he doesn't die, well, then quite literally in the scene there, he can be the one to either take down right. Palpatine or arrest him or whatever. But I think, like, Shmi turning is where I see the heart turn. It almost reminds me of, I don't know if you guys are Godfather fans, but Godfather oh, yeah. and Star Wars are my favorite movies. And, like, you look at like, well, when did Michael like really turn, you know, because he becomes like this cold dude, you know, and, and mm-hmm. even though he still feels like the protagonist, he's, he's still, he's a cold dude. And I always think like, if you were going to, there's different moments where you kind of see it, but like, if you were going to look at, Ooh, that's really where I look at when Apollonia died. Like, really? I do. I, I think, I know he was already, you know, he, he had already killed, you know, Salazzo and McCluskey before that right. he's hiding out in Italy. But he did that just to protect his family. Like, he still had a heart then. You know what I mean? Like, he, he had a heart when he was in Italy, when he was in Sicily then. When he you know, was, yeah, you're, you're right. Right? Like, he, he gets, you know, love struck by Apollonia. He, loses. he wasn't the one calculating until he got back. Exactly. When he comes back and then the first scene you see him back in the States is that cold scene with Kay. And you're like, oh, my gosh. This guy is like, all of a sudden, his heart's stone. And... That's how I look at, I, I look at like, it's different because it's a romantic relationship versus, you know, you know, mother, son. But I look at Shmi as Anakin's Apollonia. And when Shmi goes, like, that's what really like turns his, his heart forever. Well, that's legit. Hmm. 
Well, here's why you're wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> We're all wrong. There's a fourth we option. Are. Like, we are. No, yeah. no, no. I, actually, um, let me ask you, have you seen the Mandalorian, the, the gallery so, episodes it's yet? It's so funny. I haven't watched it yet. It's next on my list because uh, all of my um, friends say it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. There is, um, there's one specific part in there, and um, that D- Dave Filoni, who yeah. does uh, Clone Wars and Rebels and stuff, yeah, <laughs> he he was talking about um, a specific scene and how important the Qui Gon Jinn character is in that original battle, mm-hmm. and that's why when I first saw this question, I go, well, Dave Filoni just recently answered this, and I see videos online that are like. Well, Dave Filoni just changed Star Wars forever, <laughs> you know, to, uh, just because I think we all view that scene differently. Um, I I think my answer is Qui-Gon Jinn, because I think Qui-Gon Jinn was the one that, uh, that saw this boy for who he was mm. and, um, and understood what needed to happen in order to, um, I, I don't want to say train, raise him properly, right? Um, and, uh, just like Filoni says, you know, because Qui-Gon died, Anakin was handed off to Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan doesn't get it and he's not entirely prepared. So in the end, Obi-Wan fails Anakin. And I think that that ultimately is, it's a, a lifelong of not understanding what it means to be a Jedi and understanding his place as the chosen one, whereas Qui-Gon is very well versed uh, in the prophecies and exactly how that whole thing was supposed to be handled. He is the person who should have raised Anakin and we would have had a completely different story. It, it isn't like any moment where it's like, yeah, this guy sucks, but maybe if this one bad thing didn't happen, the bad things would have rolled off his back. Mm. In my opinion, it's a good answer, yeah. man. It's a good answer. I love Qui-Gon, too. Um, I love him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've all gave really complex answers. <laughs> now we're heading over to Lacey. The tiebreaker. Which, who's, the, who's the tiebreaker? Yeah. So if I hadn't seen The Mandalorian, I would have said Shmi. But because I've seen The Mandalorian uh, docuseries, I'm going to say Qui-Gon Jinn, just for the yeah. reasons that mm. James said and that... You know, we had this conversation a long time ago about the relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin, and I always have said that they're, like, brotherly. They're not fatherly. Um, So when Dave Filoni finally said that, like, yeah, you know, Qui-Gon's kind of like his father, I was like, yes, that's exactly what I've been saying. Um, Because (laughs) Kenobi just wasn't prepared to take on this kid. He, Mm -hmm. He wasn't even fully trained yet and he loses his master and then this kid gets thrown on him and he didn't even want to take him to begin with so i don't think kenobi really understands all the pressure that's on him exactly Mm. he just kind of sees it as oh i have to take this on because this is what my master wanted as his dying wish i don't think he he looks like a burden in a way right so he doesn't realize the damage is done until it's too late and then if Qui-Gon was there, Qui-Gon was more understanding and patient than Obi-Wan, which you mm-hmm. see in The Phantom Menace. He's not patient a lot. Like, he's always, like, pushing and pushing, and, and Qui-Gon's like, okay, just calm down. We're going to figure this out. So I think that's the type of person that Anakin needed, whereas Qui-Gon Jinn was, or uh, Kenobi was definitely always kind of like, they were always kind of challenging each other, which you see in Attack of the Clones, and then you see, obviously, in Revenge of the Sith. So... I would say Qui-Gon Jinn, but before Filoni, I would have probably said Shmi. Oh, jeez. Yeah. De- definitely, Ryan, you got to go check those oh, out. I've got it, man. It's going to open some doors hey, for you. It's so funny. Literally, my um, 
my producer for Yankees baseball. So you'll like this, John, uh, uh, Bill Bolin, who's our senior producer for Yankees baseball on the S network. He messaged me last night. He was like, have you seen the Mandalorian uh, gallery uh, or whatever the terminology, whatever their titling is like mm-hmm. yeah. series yet. And I was like, dude, no. And I've been wanting to watch it and I have not done it. <laughs> he was like, and he, Bill, my producer, he's a TV guy too. Like he really knows TV. He's like, you will love it. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see yeah. it. Which by the way, we, I mean, I know this is probably later on the podcast, but we're going to get like Mandalorian season two. They, they were able to shoot it all right before everything happened. Yeah. Yep. That's it's awesome. on time. It's coming. Oh, that's yeah. great. That's great news for all of us. Yes. Um, all right, well, let's let's jump into the next question real quick. Uh, to play off of the last one here, in terms of an imagine if, uh, name one scene in Star Wars where no matter how many times you've seen it, a part of you still hopes that it's going to turn out differently every time you watch it. Now, I already feel like I know what Lacey's answer is, and uh, <laughs> we talked a lot in the last one, so I'm jumping straight to her. What, what do you think, Lacey? Ben Solo dying. <laughs> yes! <laughs> I don't think he should have died. I didn't want him to die. And I was sad when he did. And I, every time I, I like, I haven't been able to watch that scene. I skip it. Really? Yeah. It bothers me. You skip the Wait, scene. Yeah, it's you, such a like, good scene though. Yeah. I, I watch up until he dies and then I skip it and then I go after Wait, he do dies. Do you watch the kiss and then hit fast forward or do you close your eyes and mute? Like what happens? <laughs> no, like next chapter. <laughs> like like I just skip ahead. Okay. All right. I didn't want him to die. <laughs> All right. Uh, John, what do you got on this one? So this, the reason why I thought of this question is because this happens literally every time I watch Revenge of the Sith, and it's been a while. But when Anakin first confronts Palpatine and he pulls the lightsaber on him, he's like, you're the Sith Lord. And Palpatine's like, use my knowledge, Anakin. I'm like, I oh, every time I'm watching that scene, I'm like, Anakin, just kill him just friggin kill him or br- like bring him in just do it even though i know it's not what happens it's just one of those things like there's a lot of movies like that for me where i'm like oh goose don't pull the you know yeah. ejection don't do it goose don't die in top gun mm. i would talk about top gun um but it's that moment where i'm like anakin come on no and then i know it doesn't happen so that's the one for me i would change that and have um well i view it as though i wish it was different yeah um for me i I just got a quick one uh it's the it's the age-old force awakens reach for the lightsaber thing i still think even though we were all in the theater and we all thought this is where luke shows up shows up and it goes into ray's hand every time i watch it i still get reminded of that and i go (laughs) maybe this time it'll be luke (laughs) i don't know why (laughs) mark hamill doesn't have anything to do yeah, it's weird because I think the the question is more aimed at like character choices and stuff. Mm-hmm. But when I watch that movie, I every time it goes in, I'm like, "What if this is just imagine the scenario? How crazy my mind would explode if for whatever reason it's Luke that catches it." And I'm like, "What? What's happening to the?" I thought it was going to be him, but so did Mark Hamill. He was like, "This is where no, I show yeah. up." <laughs> yeah, I think I think it was so. I mean, it's it is what it is, and we've talked about that a thousand times. But yeah. I think it just felt like so perfectly like that was going to be the moment that I think almost every fan felt that in that moment yeah. that this is this is the Luke scene. Um, so uh, That's good so pick. I think it still sticks with me every time about my that thing flies past Kylo Ren's head. 
What? I don't like your pick, Lacey. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ryan, what do you got? What's your one change you think uh, or one scene you think might change? I mean, there's there's always like the part of me that wants Vader to live at the end of six when Luke's with him. And I want them to get on the plane and go like, you know, conquer mm. together. Play catch. Yeah, but I want Vader to stay in his suit. Like, I want him to be good <laughs> in the suit, you know? Like, I, I, I want that. Um, but, but the one I go back to is similar to John's in that it's Revenge of the Sith, and it's um, it's actually... So I do feel it in the one you, John, you do, John, with, like, Anakin when he first realizes, right? Yeah. Because in that moment, he's going and turning him in. Like, he's, he's, he's doing the right thing. You know, like right. as far as what you would do as a Jedi. But for me, it's actually and I guess this would be maybe like the family feud answer. But it is then when he he comes back with, uh, you know, when Mace Windu's there. And, and I just like every time I'm like, just just let Mace kill him. Just let him kill him. Let him kill him. Right? Don't yeah. know. What are you doing, man? <laughs> oh. like, it, and it, it, oh, it always breaks my heart, especially because. Like Natalie Portman, I'm I'm in love with, and so I I always like I loved the Anakin Padme you know relationship, and so it always killed me seeing it it you know burn in flames. Like, and obviously you know there are a variety of things, but that decision is the one that really obviously mm-hmm. dooms them. So that's yeah. the one I'm always like, oh, man. that's that's a good pick because even when he like cuts his arm off you're like all right well maybe he'll now be like all right yeah. you know what he has another arm we can still do this and then he shoots him out the window and you're like oh yeah you're like no oh. <laughs> that'll and, do and it yeah. <laughs> and then at that point he's dug in too far right like at that right. point he's, yeah he's got no choice right yeah. What what if I was like Attack of the Clones when they're alone in their building and they're getting they're connecting like you must feel it? I just want Natalie Portman to get up and walk out of that room. No man, no, no, no. No, I, you know what's funny? I always say this. Like I love every Star Wars movie. I really do. I love all of them. Mm. And even like I understand that Episode Two is like you know is is much weaker when it comes to you know, the typical things that make us love Star Wars. And it's the one that's like, just most like, kind of like a, a, a rom-com, if you will, like, right. It's a little clunky. Yeah. But I love, I, I love their relationship. So I love episode two as well. Like I used to, I used to rewind and replay the scene of them about to go out into the arena when she says she loves them. I used to replay mm. that all the time. Now I'm a sap. I love love. But I used to like, I would replay that all the time. I mean, it just like hearing her say, you know, I've been, I'm not afraid to die. I've been dying a little bit each day since you came back into my life. Like, there it is. Boom. I used to replay that all the time. Like, be like, oh, yeah. Yes, Natalie. Yes. Like, and then the across <laughs> the stars hits as they come in. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then I used to always love, and I'm not afraid to admit it, when she, when, when he gets free and then she hops down on whatever that animal is and she gives him the little kiss on the cheek. I love that moment. I love it. Right, so, yeah, yeah. you know what? <laughs> I, I'm all for Attack of the Clones. We, we haven't... Uh, that's my least... I'm with you. I And I think all of us kind of love all every Star Wars movie. Yeah, sure. It is my least favorite, but it's like... And I always use this analogy, like... I can make fun of Attack of the Clones, but someone who's not a Star Wars fan, I will fight you if yeah. you make fun of Attack of the Clones. I, I agree, man. That's how I feel about all the movies. Like, what I always say, and this is just my overall movie philosophy, is it's like, you know, if you want the movie to, you know, um, you know, 
find you a job and scratch your back and, you know, tickle every fancy of your life and whatever. Like, okay, yeah, you can pick every single movie apart, you know, like and find something. Yeah. But if like, you're just like, man, that's a good story. And I had a great time with it and whatever, like, you know, you don't need to then look for the things that are like, Ooh, this was like a little bit off. Like, yeah. Like, you know, there it's a movie, you know, like there's, <laughs> so I mean, it, and I understand there's varying degrees like empire strikes back. I would agree is like, you know, objectively the best movie of any of, you know, the Star Wars movies, but I just really enjoy them all. I really do. Nice. Agreed. It's yeah. a good answer. Um, now I'm really excited about your answer on the next one. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, <laughs> Cause I've got a question here and it says, who is the biggest cheater? And is it Qui-Gon Jinn at chance cubes? <laughs> it's the first choice. Lando Calrissian at Sabacc, good one, um, or is it the Houston Astros <laughs> at baseball? <laughs> Man, you know what? My my co-host CC Sabathia would be great on this too because he loves. I mean, he loves Star Wars and uh, and he does not love the Astros for what they did, um, right. especially in the 2017 ALCS against the Yankees. Um, but so the Astros are significant uh, cheaters, no doubt. But I'm going to go with Lando. Like, I mean, because even like Qui-Gon is cheating for the right reasons there, right? Like he's, he, he knows this guy, he, you know, is trying to job him and he's not going to let it happen. And he knows like he has, you know, he can feel something's up with Anakin and, and he's also just trying to free this young kid, right? Like I'm cool with what, 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 what Qui-Gon did. I mean, Lando's just he's just cheating for his own benefit. Like that's it, you know. So mm-hmm. so I'm going with Lando's the biggest cheater in that scenario. All right, all right. Um John, what are you going with? I mean, that 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 perspective just like makes Qui-Gon just a non-answer at this point for me. Um <laughs> I I I have to admit this though. I I know what answers are, have been coming all night cuz I'm wearing a buzzer. So I'm fully aware of what's happening. Don't pull, don't pull off my jersey. Very, don't pull off my jersey. Very nice Astros reference. I like it. Um, I have to go Astros uh, because it nothing. Lando didn't make me as angry as finding that out. Um, the Yanks were probably would have won the 2017 World Series. They took the game all the way, uh, the series all the way to the wire, even having uh, the odds against them. And who knows about 2019 too. Yeah, uh, right, 100%. You know, we don't know. Maybe they were cheating then, too. So a couple of rings off of uh, CeCe's fingers, as well as the other guys. And I know, like, Judge and those guys who don't have one yet are really ticked off about it. I mean, he's a fan. I'm, I'm, I'm angry. Especially this year, the Astros are supposed to get hammered by the fans, and there's no baseball right now. So um, I, I don't know. I, I'm going Astros. All right, Lacey. Who Astros. do you think between the three? Didn't Astros? even have to finish the question. <laughs> Altuve sucks. He's basically Palpatine. He stole it from uh, MVP from my baby boy, Aaron Judge. So <laughs> definitely the the trash tros. The oh, trash oh, They nice. suck. Toes. They suck. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I don't, I don't know if you know this about me, Ryan, but I don't know anything about baseball at all. <laughs> In fact... Literally, like at all. In fact, like I think, uh, like a month or two or more, more. I have no clue even when this happened. Uh, people were talking about it, like John and Lacey were talking about it, like on the podcast. And I was like, I have no clue what you guys are talking about. And you're like, this is national news. How do you not know this? And I'm like, 
who are the Astros? I I, I don't even know <laughs> what you're talking about. So for me personally, there I I think you're probably right based on what you were saying about Lando too, like selfish trying to just get to the top. There is a personal thing. So that, that's probably true. But I I 100% agree with you that that is why Lando is a worse cheater than Qui Gon. So that's why I'm going Lando too. I think that the Astros are out of my jurisdiction, if you will. Um, so I'm going Lando as well. Um, All right. Yeah. Qui-Gon knows what's going on. He's not cheating. He's he's making things happen for the right he's reasons. He's force yeah. manipulating. Um, right. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That makes it sound worse. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> trash cans needed, though. The mind tricks don't, don't work on Toy Darian, so he's like, let me just yeah. flip this cube over and he, we'll change the game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, that's it for one with the force. We've given a lot of good answers uh, to the questions, as you guys know. Um, but let's just get into the discussion, John. What do you think? Obi Wan once thought as you do. All right. So usually we do a topic here, but Ryan, you're with us. You're a huge Star Wars fan. I've seen, you know, I did my research and I've seen your videos. I've seen you recently during the pandemic speaking with uh, Yes's Bob Lorenz about Star Wars. Uh, Yankee Adam Adovino about Star Wars, but I feel I look at you and I see you wanting to get deeper with the love of Star Wars, where it's kind of surfacey with casual fans, and I, I, that's why I felt like we had to just kind of get into everything here so that you can uh, get your geek out about yeah. Star Wars. And I know you, you know, you talk about Star Wars on your podcast, but in the current state of how Star Wars is, first. I want to get an idea. We kind of already did. You love all the Star Wars movies. You embrace all the good in everything, which is uh, excellent because there's a lot more content coming. With the current state of Star Wars, what are you into right now? Uh, like, did you see The Rise of Skywalker? Did you like that? The Mandalorian? Are you excited about, like, the Cassian series, the Obi-Wan? Like, where are you at right now as a Star Wars fan today? Oh, yeah, man. I saw Rise of Skywalker three times in theaters. Um, and... Uh, and the first time I saw it, I really liked it, but it felt rushed to me a little bit, which it's so weird. This is like, it, 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 I'll just give you an idea of what a big fan I am of it. Like when I was laying in bed that night with my fiance, like she was like, how was it? I got and seen it with my dad. And I was like, it was really good. I really liked it. And then like she could, she was like, your voice doesn't sound like you really liked it. And I was like, actually emotional because i was like i just know it's gonna get panned like and i was like and i hate that for it because i i really enjoyed it but i just know it's gonna get panned and i don't want it to i don't want people yeah. to not like it you know like <laughs> right, right. And, and so it like hurt my heart knowing that and of course like it it did by a lot of people but what's interesting is like most star wars fans i know really enjoyed it so that made me feel better um but then second time I saw it, I was like, it didn't feel as fast to me. So I was able to enjoy it even more. And, mm -hmm. and my fiance who had, who has only seen seven, eight, nine, and then the Mandalorian, she hasn't seen any of the others. She really wow. liked nine. And so I was like, Oh, interesting, whatever. Good. And I went with her the second time. And the third time I went with it and it was, I was like crying. Like I was so like, it, it hit me emotionally Dude. even more. Like I, it was weird. Like, because I was a, there were scenes that definitely gave me chills and got me a little choked up the first time, but like the third time I was like full on, like such an emotional experience at different moments throughout the journey. And so I really mm -hmm. liked it. Like, I mean, I, I have to say from the, you know, the sequel trilogy, if you will, like I, I enjoyed all three movies. Um, if you were going to ask me which one was my favorite, I would probably say The Last Jedi, but 
I I thoroughly enjoyed Force Awakens, and to me, it was like this exciting, re-energizing thing for the franchise. Oh, you know, Last Jedi I thought was an awesome movie with incredible climatic mo- moments at the end and twists and turns. Like I loved what happened with Luke, um, and just the the pivot there. I could have done. Everybody could have done without Cantabite and you know Rose and whatever. <laughs> but like, but I, but I, but I really, really enjoyed Last Jedi, and um, and Rise of Skywalker. I loved. I thought it was so fun, um, and I thought they nailed all the big moments. Like that's what I felt so good about. Like I love the end. Like and for me, more than anything else, you know, those three movies are about they're about um, Ray and they're about Ben, uh, right? and their stories and i thought they nailed those characters and their finishes to their stories in rise of skywalker and the way they were intertwined and you mm-hmm. know i know some people kind of like you know when they saw the kiss they're like oh and i thought no like that was totally appropriate like to me it was very obvious that ben was in love with her like it, it was it, it was a little less obvious how she felt about him on the romantic side of things mm-hmm. but there was clearly a level of intimacy you know, the, they're the only two people in the world who understand what the other's going through. And there was clearly, to me, a romantic feeling from, you know, from Ben to her. Um, and so I love that finish. And and I almost thought, it, and I know you're upset about this, Lacey, and I understand, but like, I almost <laughs> thought it was like the perfect um, send off for that to be the way he he went because for all the bad he did it would have been hard to still like kind of go on living in the aftermath oh yeah no you haven't been on many episodes where i talk about this i totally understand why they did it that was more of a selfish like i want to see more of adam driver (laughs) i I get it he's brilliant i mean he's brilliant in it but to me like man i always think about and i get so jacked up thinking about her passing the lightsaber behind her back like it's so yeah. sick. So I loved Rise of Skywalker, and I liked it more and more each time. Um, and I, I love The Mandalorian. I love it. Um, I love the final season of Clone Wars. I've watched all of Clone Wars. Um, and uh, so I'm into everything, man. I mean, I'm sure you guys, you know, you get guests on here sometimes who are from different, you know, realms. And you're like, okay, they say they're a Star Wars fan, but, like, what have they actually seen? Whatever. No, no, I'm like a legit star wars fan and there may be <laughs> that's what i was gathering yeah yeah i mean there might be some things if you ask me like can you name you know this spacecraft or whatever that i don't know that like a, uh, a hardcore no. fan you know even yeah. more hardcore fan would know but like you know for me I, like i you know i've seen every movie i don't know you know hundreds of times and i right. i love it man and mandalorian yeah. i just thought it was art man it's it's so good i just think it's so so good and it's weird right because it's like these individual Westerns until the end where it kind of tied everything together after it felt like every episode was almost in a silo. Then at the end, it all makes sense. And those last two episodes, you're like, wow, this is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And yet there's like also the adorable factor of baby Yoda, like, (laughs) which I love seeing in Lacey's picture. Like (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. great. And I don't know how, how jacked up are you guys? I never know how to say his name, but um, you know, the screenwriter for, Jojo Rabbit, who wrote, who directed Taika. Taika, okay, who wrote the final episode of Mandalorian uh, season one, and who and directed it, and it was just so damn good. Um, yeah. How about <laughs> him getting a feature length film? I'm so excited about that. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's um, 
Well, we joke on the podcast because we talk about Star Wars news every week and even the rumors and the leaks and all this stuff. So like we get into the Mando rumors. I don't know how well versed you are on who may be coming in season two or if you try to keep your ear away from the ground. I know Ahsoka is supposed to be coming. Okay. And yeah, and, and maybe maybe Boba Fett, right? Like Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we 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 joke that they're they're right. It's like yeah, maybe, <laughs> but we joke that or a guy dressed up as Boba Fett, like yeah, literally yeah, yeah. Cobb Vanth. Yeah. Um. But we, they're always coming out with these trade reports that someone's making a Star Wars movie or writing a Star Wars movie, but it's never like Marvel where it's like it, it's Thor three, it's Captain America three, it's this. They're just saying this person's making a Star Wars. It's called Untitled, and you'll see it in six years. And we're like, all right. Um. But. I, I we're all pretty excited about Taika doing it because um, I'm late to the Taika party. Lacey's not. James, I think, is a fan. I loved what he did with the Mandalorian, and that for me was enough because and and you haven't seen the documentary yet. All the directors shine in this documentary, and Favreau, and especially Filoni, they really push Filoni hard. But right. hearing Taika just talk about star wars and saying things like it doesn't take itself seriously but it knows that it matters and stuff like that i think he gets the humor in star wars which sometimes people take star wars too seriously so i'm excited to see what he he does with that and i know you guys have your takes on it too but yeah i'm excited about taika watiti um because i think that the in a weird way i think the uh the reason he was potentially put on that episode of the Mandalorian was to dip his toe in the star Wars fandom mm-hmm. because he's way more qualified than anybody else on that bill. Like not John Favreau, mm-hmm. but as far as the directors went, right. um, and it was, he's almost like a surprise. Like it's almost like, you know, Rick Famuyiwa, Dave Filoni, Steven Spielberg, and you know, <laughs> you're like, wait a second, hold yeah. on, wait, why, why is this guy there? Because um, he's he's well above and beyond. And I think the reason was is because he wanted to, based on what you know, everybody's saying as far as like, hey, you do, you get involved with Star Wars and people don't like it, your career's over. Right. You know, I think he wanted to dip his toe, see what it was like, see how people reacted to the Star Wars that he he did, and then. And then he has a little bit more leverage to put his career on. Um, and people liked that last episode of Mandalorian. And I think they were excited that he was a part of it. And they liked his voice as the character. And they liked, you know, him talking about it on social and other things. So um, I think he got a kick at it and thought that and, you know, everything meshed. So he signed the paper. Yeah. Mr. Watiti. Yeah. Lacey, yeah. you've been a huge um, Taika like longer than me anyway, I know that. Yeah, I love Ragnarok. That yeah, was so a movie good. that I watched it and I the funny thing is I didn't see it in the theater because I was just like, oh, there's so much going on. And then I watched it on a plane going somewhere and I was laughing so hard I was crying. It, it was the part the the rock guy. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Which is Taika. And, you know, yeah. him saying piss off ghost and making these like really dry <laughs> jokes, like weird, quirky humor, which is like I Revolution. love that stuff. Yeah, it's just so funny. Um, that movie, after seeing Dark World, I think that's what kept me from Ragnarok is Dark World was just not great. Yeah. Mm. So then I was just like, eh, I don't know, I'll wait for it to come out on DVD or whatever. Um, and then I saw it and I like regretted not seeing it in the movie theater because it was just so, so good. So if he can bring that kind of heart and like just humor 
into something that's supposed to be like kind of like an action adventure, serious superhero movie. Um, I'm all in. And he, he proved it with The Mandalorian because he's just he's so good. And, uh, you know, Favreau says like he finds the humor in action, but doesn't take away from it. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be a really big fan which is always good. And then also he has just so much experience in like music and art and all these different things. Um, he seems really resourceful. So right, I yeah. think that's going to work out really well for him with any type of Star Wars project. Yeah. And there was yeah. no- the best part about Ragnarok was the director's commentary. Yes. <laughs> if you haven't seen I it, I haven't watched it with the director's gosh. commentary. I got it. It's Doesn't he sing, it's- sing the Marvel music at the beginning? Dude, yeah, yeah. It's so I mean, funny. it literally, it literally is just the funniest thing. It's like a mystery science theater three thousand. Oh, he's his just own walking movie. through here. <laughs> he's like, originally this was gonna be uh, me, uh, the director Taika Waititi, oh. who was tied up in chains here. Uh, but no, he's talking about Thor. Like it was obviously <laughs> never going to be him. <laughs> hey, what about you know what? That reminds me. Like, what about uh, you know? Kevin Feige because he like there was a lot of rumors about his involvement in Star Wars and I'm sure you guys have broken it down ad nauseum mm-hmm. um, but like I'm, yeah. I'm unf- you know we've gotten the confirmation with Taika right we don't know exactly where what when the movie's going to be out or where it's placed in the sure. universe or what right. the story is Solo well, we 2 baby too. yeah I know you guys are big on I love Solo I, I'm all, I'm all <laughs> for Solo too it, it blows my mind that that movie was seen as anything other than a success. Like I, un- right. I understand. Let's go there for a second. Right. Because I understand. <laughs> I understand that. That like, is a welcome transition. Okay, on I'm this sh- podcast. Yeah. shutting down the train yeah. just for a minute. Because I understand like, you know, I get that, you know, um, it was a more nuanced anthology film. And it, like, whereas, Rogue One felt more like a prequel, right? And so I, mm-hmm. I get that. And Rogue One was also a year after the excitement of Force Awakens, which was universally praised and was a commercial and critical success. And you know, and and Rogue One was awesome, um, but it benefited from that, right? Like the problem for me was not Solo. The problem with Solo was that it was five months after Last Jedi, which was incredibly you know uh um it was you know for whatever reason controversial when it came to critics and fans you know critics loving it fans being 50 50 on it uh and fans being like very vocal about their issues with it um, yeah the ones who hated it really yeah hated it. like and, and so there was like residual effects then that i think affected solo because it was only five months after that right like right if, if you put if you had slotted solo in after Rogue One or after Force Awakens, I think it. I think people are like that was great. They can nail an anthology film that's that niche, and we can go and have Solo too because they set up the next one great. By the oh. way, the 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 kid who plays uh, Han was fantastic. I thought as him, and I know yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah, I know there was all the rumors about acting coaches and whatever. Well, whether that's true or not, <laughs> he was great at it. He did a great job. Yeah. Um, Amelia Clark is obviously great at what she does. I mean, who doesn't love her as Khaleesi? And, you know, the 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 throwing at the end of Maul, you set up to have more, you know? And so yeah. like it it uh man, it bothers me that it was received like that because I just thought it was so fun and enjoyable. And I kept saying, like, you gotta look at that as 
like a, a Captain America or a Thor or, you know, yep. don't don't look at it as your, you know, as your um, Avengers, you know, like, don't, <laughs> right. yeah, like, don't look at it yeah. that way, you know, and that's such a good point, man. I like that. Yeah. Like, remember, remember when we were just talking about it, Thor, the Dark World came out and they were like, well, that bombed. We're never doing Thor again. Yeah. Right. And then Thor Ragnarok right. happens and, like, and it's, it's like, great. yeah, well, we right. get it now. Oh, yeah, I was there. Right. I didn't see it. Yes. Yeah. I was like, eh. right. But it's, it's yeah. true. It's like the residual effect. Like, because if, it, it's hard to like take people back to like that moment in time. Right. But if you go back to post Force Awakens and post Rogue One, everybody's mentality was, oh my gosh, Disney's the greatest thing that ever happened to Star Wars. Star Wars is back. Right, exactly. And then because Last Jedi, for whatever reason, you know, it kind of like pushed people, then they're all of a sudden like, oh no. And then because there was the five months after, it was like, oh, it's too much and they're not good. And you know, and and I honestly think Rise of Skywalker, the people who didn't like it, part of it was residuals from the others, right? Because it was like, Because even if you love Last Jedi, then you were like, well, there seems to be maybe a little lack of consistency here. Or if you, right. you know, like it, it, so it, to me, it was just it, for whatever reason, people not liking the way Last Jedi pushed ended up having a residual effect, I think, for the next two movies. And Solo suffered yeah. as a result of that. But I think Solo in a silo is great. Yeah, and you know, we we had this whole hashtag that caught on called Make Solo 2 Yeah, happen. I've seen it, yeah. Yeah, you have? Yeah, right, cool. yeah. Um, so we had Make Solo 2 Happen Day. Um, this is airing, I don't know, it was probably a week ago at this point. And it was number two in the world under Memorial Day trending. Like, it's just killing it. So cool. And we're just, it's a, it's our second time doing it. So we're now we're sitting here like, well, I hope we don't have to another one of these days. Because that means they're not making it. But <laughs> you're right. Like, are we? Are they making even, it? I'm, I'm interrupting you, John. Is there any? No, chance not yet. It? I don't know. I, it's doubtful. Probably doubtful Man, because of what you're it. saying about the money it made and stuff. But yeah. Bob, Iger, which the box office thing is just crazy to me because yeah. I didn't know everyone worked for Disney all of a sudden. And right. Yeah. About box office. Right. Numbers. Yeah. Yeah. And Bob Iger admitted like we didn't market the movie well. Like it was a Denny's ad, and that's pretty much it. And. <laughs> Uh, Lucasfilm wanted to push it to December and he put his foot down and said, look, you fired your directors, you doubled your budget, it's coming out in May after Avengers, deal with it. Almost yeah. like a And punishment. Deadpool, yeah. John, I just thought, Solo did more for Denny's <laughs> than Denny's did for Solo. I think oh you're really talking about Denny's all the time now. <laughs> Do you have any idea how oh. like successful Denny's was that year? They're like, oh my like, god, I forgot Denny's existed because the- there's regular <laughs> Greek diners you can go to down the block. I mean, so. but you you do get yeah. it though, right? Because it's it's also like. It's hard to come off Last Jedi and then have the typical build oh, up yeah. you do for a Star Wars movie. Like, yeah, yeah. And so it's like, wow, if it just would have been a what year if later. Solo came out in December. That's what I say. And Last Jedi in May. Yes. Well, no. Oh, like, flip it. I, yeah, I've heard that. I've we've yeah. talked about the Solo move to December move. Yeah. But had had they put uh, Solo out First, in December yeah. and then five yeah. months later, Last Jedi comes out, and Last Jedi didn't get a trailer until the Super Bowl. Like, you know what I mean? Like a couple months beforehand. Yeah, that would have been good, It would have been a weird, weird world. You know, Maybe things still pan out similar, I, but I'm just saying. I, I don't want to go totally down this road because we'll be here all night and nobody yeah. needs that. But I just got to <laughs> say this, okay? For everybody who is like, oh, I can't, you know, how could you make Luke like this, this like reluctant, bitter, uh, you know, uh, recluse in, in Last Jedi? But And I always say like, 
I'm sorry. Do we forget that we set him up to be, you know, somewhere pouting on a mountain anyway? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like, I, uh, and which, which, yeah, I guess you didn't like Force Awakens right, then, because exactly, they wrote that. Exactly. I guess you disagree with George Lucas, because he wrote it, that. Exactly, and that's my point always with that, is I say, I'm like, okay, what was your reason then for him being, you know, on a rock in the middle of the sea in Ireland? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, what? <laughs> whoa, 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 why is he there if he's if he's like happy and great with life? And everything's hunky yeah. dory. He's not right. there, you know. So, right. so to me, like I thought, Ryan Johnson did awesome things with that. I, I did. Like, I mean, I understood. Like, I understood issues with the Cantabite thing because it felt like a little weird, plot devicey at times, senseless. But like to me, like that happens in some movies, especially when they're action movies, and you just don't sweat it, you know. Like it, yeah. it certainly was nothing that was like a, a you know, a, a deeply moral issue. Like people made it out to be, and I just thought. The epic scenes at the end of Last Jedi were great. It was interesting to me because, like, my fiance, who, like I said, wasn't a Star Wars fan, to her, she was like, "Oh, by far the best movie was Last Jedi," you know. And oh like, wow! And like, I do get that because I think if you just like look at it just from a movie standpoint, you know. Yeah. And, and he yeah. also pushed the Force into things that then was were used brilliantly in Rise of Skywalker, right? Like, we don't get the mm-hmm. lightsaber toss like this if Ryan mm-hmm. doesn't take Force timing to the level that he does, you know. Right. And, you know, that's why yeah, you that, know, that's what I push back on when people are like, J.J. undid everything Ryan Johnson did. I'm like, no, he, he took the biggest change he made and took it to another level. Yeah. So it's just it, like you said before, it's if, if you go into something saying, I don't want to like this thing, you're going to find reasons not to like it. A hundred percent. But if you go in like men in black, mind wipe yourself and go into it without any of the baggage, the fan baggage and stuff and went into the rise of Skywalker. I think people would have liked it a lot better, but if you go in with an agenda already, you're going to find the things you don't like, even if they're not true in how you look at them. I 100% yeah. agree. I 100% agree. You know, and, and, Thanks. and Ryan, you said something earlier that I, I, it's interesting. I love talking to different people because I've honestly never really thought about it at this perspective, but you said something um, which is, you know, you said, was it your wife that watched seven, eight, and nine? Yeah, fiance, yeah. And has never seen any of the other yeah. ones? Dude, nine nails the ending to that that trilogy. Yes. Because all of a sudden it makes so much sense. Like you don't, you have no clue who the emperor is. He's just this ancient dark evil that's been brought back to life. And that's not lame. No. That's just, that, that's cool. Yes. You know? Yeah. And there's, there's, there's this whole thing of like, well, I don't like how they handled the Skywalker name. And it's like, you, you barely even know anything about this guy other than he was this and then he became this and she decided to carry on his name. It has nothing to do with Padme. It has nothing to do with Anakin. It has nothing to do with Luke right. or like young Luke and all of his adventures beforehand. Um, even even Ben Solo, you know, all that's Han and Leia's kid. It's like Han and Leia are just around yeah, right. in, in these movies. You know what I mean? They're, they're side characters to a degree and maybe people don't like that but if you just watch like if there was no thing and this was the start of the Star Wars saga Rey and you know her adventure through this and we learn Palpatine the from the first time in this movie you know it's it's just it's yeah it's so I, much better you I, know when I you think totally about it in agree, that man. sense I yeah. totally agree like the way I looked at it is going into it I thought 
you needed to have Ray and um, Kylo have a confrontation where one of them has to decide whether to kill the other and doesn't want to, you know, like where one of them is in that position where they, they have that final blow ready and they decide not to a la Luke and Vader in return of the Jedi. Right. Right. Like, and, um, and I thought the way they handled that was perfect because she does strike the blow. Right. But then she uses Mm -hmm. her power to heal and it, it doesn't just heal him physically, but emotionally as well. And obviously the way they tied in Leia, which I also think this, given the real life constraints of what they could do with Carrie Fisher in that movie, I don't think Mm -hmm. they possibly could have done a better job with with using Leia in in nine, because getting a different actress would have, to me, totally submarine the entire movie. It's why when anyone talks about the Batman trilogy and they say Dark Knight's the best movie, I always say, I understand that. But to me, I still like Batman Begins more because I can't when Maggie Gyllenhaal is tied to the, you know, barrel of oil. I don't feel the Mm. same like, oh, my gosh, that's Christian Bale's like love as I would if it was Katie Holmes because they switched out. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm a continuity junkie. It's terrible. It it makes me think like he doesn't care about her. She's some rando, you know, like like. You know, and they're two different actresses. They act different. They obviously look different. Yeah, they're but not like, similar at all. Yeah, yeah. I nope. I totally agree. Like, and so like uh, Hannibal with the uh, no Jodie Foster. Yeah, right. Exactly. Like, and and so yeah. So I, I just thought they they handled Leia so brilliantly in Rise of Skywalker. I really did. Yeah. Now, um, in terms of the Skywalker saga being over now, like what of the new stuff coming up? Are you excited about? Like, are you excited more about uh, the potential of the Cassian Andor series or you like the nostalgia aspect of the uh, upcoming uh, Kenobi series? Like, what are you most eager to eventually pop on your Disney plus and, and see besides Mandalorian season two, of course. Yes. Or what do you want to see that hasn't been announced? Like Solo you too. you know, yeah, Disney I definitely plus. want to see that. I mean, you know, what's <laughs> funny is like, there's definitely, um, you, you, you definitely want, um, like to, there's a part of me that wants that, like that, like Vader in his prime, like you know, j- just because, mm-hmm. <laughs> just because of seeing that final scene in Rogue One, you know, <laughs> yes, and, and then so good, and then reading um, uh, Lords of the Sith. Like when I read that book, I was like, oh, and you see, kind of like some of that conflict that was going on with the Emperor then, and whatever, you know. But like, I don't have you have you read the Darth Vader comics? I've read some of them, yes, and I and I love it. Like, and I've seen the scene where he's like where Palpatine confronts him because of, you know, the way he's thinking about uh, Padme and stuff like that, you know? So I, I, I yeah. yeah, I totally, so I kind of would want that, but I, but then I'm like, I don't know if you can go back and do that story, you know, just because obviously like all of the movies are kind of his prequels, you know? So what do you do? Um, but I would, I'm so excited for the Kenobi series. Like, I don't know how you make it, what the plot line is to make it interesting while he's hibernating and meditating on Tatooine. But, like, I just love, you know, Hugh McGregor's character and, like, the way he played um, Obi-Wan. So it, yeah. that's what jacks me up about it. So, like, I'm Jack. I, I can't wait to see Mandalorian Season 2. 
I did love Cassian Andor's character in Rogue One, so I'll watch that and be excited about it. But the thing I'm most looking forward to is seeing Obi-Wan again. I can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. And you have Deborah Chow, who's going to be directing that, who I think did two of the best uh, chapters in Mando season one. Agree. And it'll be yeah. interesting to see, because we haven't seen Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan not written or directed by George Lucas. Right, and true, true. Great storyteller, not the best dialogue writer, maybe not the best <laughs> director in the world, and I love George Lucas. So it'll be interesting to see Kenobi with a Deborah Chow and stuff like that. And Lacey, I know you've been a huge fan of hers uh, coming out of the, even this documentary too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I liked her for her episode I thought was the best one, which was, well, she has two episodes, but her episode three where all the Mandos show up oh. is my favorite episode of Mandalorian. Yeah, that I was cheering from my couch when that happened. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, the only moment that was bigger was probably obviously Baby Yoda in episode one where I was like screaming at 5 a.m. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, her episode's the best. She's really good with action. So I'm interested to see, like you said, uh, where she takes Kenobi because that must mean that there's a lot of action because she said that's her thing. Um, so how's he going to do that on Tatooine? You know, there's a big question mark there, but, um, yeah, no, I'm so excited for Kenobi and, um, I can't wait to see what happens with that series. And I've been excited since, uh, John kind of broke that story that it was going to be happening. Oh, stop. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, I, and I, I'm, I know James, you're more excited about Cassian. We know that. Um, but it's not because you're not into the Kenobi thing, but Rogue One is like your... <laughs> Rogue Kenobi's One's goat. Your, yeah, Rogue One's your greatest of all time of this era, right? So. <laughs> I I mean, if you... If long-time listeners of this podcast will be like, how does James feel about Rogue One in the comparison to the rest of the Star Wars? Well, it's really high up there. How does James think about Kenobi as a character in the greatest of all time pantheon? <laughs> it's not so much. I'm not the biggest Kenobi fan. Um, I mean, we even talked about it earlier, right? They're not doing the one th- failed Anakin, and it's they're not still, doing yeah, a ten episode anyway. ESPN documentary on Obi Wan Kenobi for if James Bainey is uh, running the ship. I guess. Or uh, fine. No, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. No, I, w- I, w- I was going to ask you, though. Yeah, I'm definitely into to Cassian Andor. That's like one of my most anticipated. Um, but uh, I was going to ask you, who is your favorite non-main character? Because I don't, I don't care that you like Han Solo or yeah, Rey Vader's or whatever. My favorite you, character you don't care? Ever. He's the guest. I don't no, care. No. I don't but, care if you like Darth yeah. Vader. But, so yeah. Va- but Darth Vader, everybody likes Darth Vader, right? Who's your favorite non-main character? Yeah, Vader's my favorite character, but... My favorite non-main character. I mean, does Qui-Gon count as a non-main? Or is he still too main? Liam Neeson would not be happy that you asked that question. Yeah, I know. I know. Because I love Qui-Gon, but he's only in one. Um, ooh. Uh, that's a good question. I like Akbar. Yeah, he's good. That's my, my he, non-main. He's good. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I love... Um, uh, Ma, uh, 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 from Force Awakens, and uh, um, oh my God, Maz, Maz, yes, thank you, Maz. Yeah, yeah, Lupita Nyong'o's character. I, nice. I really like yeah. her. I love it. Like, I just love the way she kind of explains the Force to Ray, and 
And uh, and so I think I would pick her if we're going with non-mains. I, for a second, I thought you were talking about Shmi Skywalker. <laughs> like, Ma! I thought you were talking about Mon Mothma. Yeah, exactly. I thought no. Mon Mothma. No, no, no. Uh, although Shmi, no. Shmi is great and, you know, I love Uncle Owen, but I, but I would go with Ma. <laughs> <laughs> we could answer. see Ma's in a Solo 2, too, because in the books and stuff, yeah. Solo knows Ma's. Disney Plus Solo series, Ryan, we talk about this all the time because we the, our hashtag and the t-shirt says Make Solo 2 Happen, but it's easier saying that than saying Make Solo on any platform possible. You know, yeah, whatever. yeah. Yeah, but whatever you get it on, we'll take it. Yeah, like right. Han and Chewie going to Jabba, Maul and Kira doing this, Lando doing this. Like, everyone gets their episode, and then at the end it comes together like you said Mando did. I think that would be killer. I, they could totally bring Maz back for that. Yeah. I, I never thought about that, Lacey. That's so awesome. Because he'd known her, I, I, and she probably the had the connect, same bar, yeah. right? Yeah. She calls Oh, he definitely uh, knows her, yeah. Chewie, her boyfriend. Imagine Alden, you gotta know how. Yeah. Alden and Maz. Like, that'd be crazy so fun. Be great. Yeah, that point. would be great i like that um all right ryan we have some questions from our listeners for you if you're cool with that yeah let's burn through them though all right let's burn <laughs> through them i've been wondering what are midichlorians all right the first one's coming from semper Fi danny I'm a Yankees fan, so I have two questions. Oops, sorry. Uh, pick one Yankee of any era who you think would be a Jedi and one that would be a Sith. Ooh. I mean, I would say Mariano Rivera would be a Jedi because he yes. he just controlled everything mentally. And, like, he that was, I think, his greatest strength is never to get too high or too low, but be able to be present. And... Um, and and I think that was probably why he was able to handle such high leverage situations with the success he did. And a Sith, man, I would say Randy Johnson because I it's just like <laughs> his his Yankee tenure was just like ugh, you know, like ugh, like so. Yeah. So I'll go with Randy as the Sith. I'm sure Flaherty uh, would agree with you, right? <laughs> he would. He definitely would. <laughs> we don't have to go on the record, but oh, he definitely um, would. Uh, all right, next one by uh, Adam Lucky uh, via Patreon. Thanks, Adam. Um, have you ever thrown out a Star Wars reference while in the announcer's booth? If so, could you give an example? Man, I don't know if I've ever thrown out a reference, but we ended up talking a lot about it, David Cohn and I, on a game this year where I was getting on him about not being on it, uh, not knowing enough about it. And I think it was in advance. It was either in advance of May the 4th or it was in advance of something um, where we ended up talking a ton of Star Wars and I was trying to get him into it. Oh, no, I know what it was. It was um, uh, Dante, uh, it was um, Dante Bichette. Uh, it, there was something about, not Dante Bichette, it's uh, Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette, oh, right. his son, who's the shortstop for the, for the Blue, Blue Jays. Jays. I kept saying, like, every time I say Boba Shed, I feel like I'm saying Boba Fett. <laughs> and, like, and, and so yeah. we, we joked about that, and I and I and we did a whole, like, inning or two on Star Wars stuff with that. Oh, yeah. nice. All right. <laughs> I never even – now, every time I see his I'm name, I'm going to think, think of Boba yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can think of it that way. All right, cool. Um, next one, Stephen Bowman asks, what have been some of your personal favorite moments you've gotten to witness – uh, as play-by-play play in your career, and uh, is there any that means a lot to you? You know, there's a lot. Um, WNBA, game five of the uh, semifinals a couple of years ago, Sue Bird going off 
uh, against Phoenix. It's like these legends, UConn. Super, Diana Taurasi, yeah, two UConn players there. And uh, Seattle winning at home with their crazy crowd to go to the finals, which they won. That game was amazing. Uh, last year, Yankees twins, uh, that epic extra inning game and Aaron Hicks catch <laughs> to win it. Just ridiculous. Amazing to call. Um, also, um, for me, I was our scoreboard host in 09 when uh, the Yankees won. And I was I got to be on the field after they won and in the clubhouse. So that was just like amazing to be a part of. Play-by-play wise, uh, though, I'd say um, Aaron Judge's home run in Seattle in 2017, which is a call a lot of people like repeat back to me that they loved. Like just like it was that year he hits 50 plus bombs and he nearly hit it out of the stadium. Right. Um, so uh, so yeah, those would be those would be some of my favorites. I'd say. Okay, because you brought up the Twins one, I. I literally have like the audio linked. I was going to play it, but I know you're on your way out here. But I just want to ask you this because yeah. you're in Minnesota. There's one out left. You're, you and Cohen are probably thinking, all right, dinner. We're going to go get dinner in a few minutes. He hits the home run. You lose your mind. I lost my mind. Are you thinking like, oh, man. And then Minnesota ties it. And then the Yankees, like, so you're probably thinking, all right, cancel the dinner reservation, no, right? Like, what's you know going what's, through? You know what's funny okay. is I do know great restaurants in Minnesota, Spoon and Stable, yeah. Bar La Grassa, uh, but yeah. I, I, I don't think that way. Like, when I'm doing a Yankees broadcast for Yes, I want the Yankees to win, like, no matter how long it takes. I yeah, do. right. I cannot yeah. say that for all of my colleagues in the truck who are there, <laughs> who are at the at the field at noon and. Are, are ready to get home like five and a half hours right. isn't isn't ideal for them but for me right if it means a yankee win when i'm doing a game on yes i will gladly stay five and a half hours no matter what and blow up all right plans. so no risotto leaving to beat traffic in the seventh inning <laughs> none of that for uh, me all right um because it, it's just that, and that really you like that call unbelievable like, thank you, you man you feel it i love it thank and, you I got. I got to say this. My brother is so jealous that I'm talking to you right now because he he thinks you should be the guy. Like he thinks you should be on every game. He's he thinks you're the oh. best play by play guy for the Yankees. So my brother Matt uh, says hello to you. Well, Matt, thank you very much for the kind words, man. I I, I greatly appreciate the support, Matt, and uh, and thank you for watching Yankees baseball on Yes, man. <laughs> there you go. Um. All right, Ryan. Last question here. If you could be this by uh, Mandalorian Mark, uh, he said, if you could be anywhere in the Star Wars universe, where would you go and why? I, I would probably go to, um, I mean, I'd want to go to Mustafar, right? Just to see Vader's home kind of, but like that place would make you depressed so quickly. So, uh, <laughs> so uh, dangerous too. Uh, it's, um, I can't think of the name, but where the, plans for the death star were in rogue one the planet scarf the beach planet that place looks like a great place to go on vacation yeah like, it does yeah. so, so scarf <laughs> is where i would choose what what better place right. to hang out build a home get a little bungalow yeah absolutely there you go live a wonderful right. life there all right yeah all right well that and then get blown up by the death star <laughs> yeah get out of there before yeah. the stay on scarf yeah, was, so. was short but prosperous 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Ryan, not you may not believe this, but we're a Star Wars podcast. Not all of our listeners know sports and stuff. So I want to just, um, you know, let them know what you got going on. Your podcast with CC. Just plug away what you would like them to uh, yeah. come check out. Besides, obviously, the Yankee games, when hopefully they come back. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, I do play by play for the NBA and WNBA on ESPN and then the Yankees and Nets on the Yes Network. And hopefully we get action back soon. I also do boxing play by play for DAZN. Um, but uh, in the interim, you can catch me on Twitter at Ryan Rucco, R-U-O-C-C-O is how you spell my last name. On Instagram at Rye Rukes, R-Y-R-U-K-E-S. Um, and uh, follow R2C2 on Twitter and Instagram. That's my podcast with CC Sabathia, future Hall of Fame pitcher uh, who yes. just retired from the Yankees. And as you can tell from our podcast name, we're both big Star Wars fans. So uh, we try and mix that in. Uh, to all of our sports and entertainment talk there's always a star wars angle so make sure you check it out r2c2 so awesome um we will do and our audience will do and uh, i just want to thank you so much for for coming on uh you have a key to the resistance base my man anytime you want to come back on we would absolutely love to have you because uh we could keep nerding out but we got to get out of here right yeah so um ryan thank you so so much man thank you guys the force is strong with all of you and i look forward to doing it again sometime <laughs> all right thanks man so there you go ryan Rucco, play-by-play for the new york yankees bringing his star wars knowledge to trb and he brought his a game he hit a home run out of the park just like james's uh, professional swing there if you're watching <laughs> on youtube that was um, golf, right? <laughs> that was golf. Uh, that's a birdie. Um, <laughs> no, uh, thank you, Ryan, again, for joining us. You're welcome back anytime, as we said. Um, guys, any uh, parting words? He was great. Super nice. Yeah, fun yeah, interview. Fun, fun Love time. it. Love to see how, how positive he is about fandom, and uh, it, a world would be better if we had more people like him. And we could have kept going for yeah. sure. So we'll have to I also back. love yeah. his yeah. podcast name r2c2 it's so funny yeah it's because yeah so because they're initials mm-hmm. i think that is uh, very clever very good um okay so that takes us uh to the end of the show and we want to thank everyone who has been watching listening being a part of the resistance if you are new to trb welcome uh maybe you followed ryan and now you found a star wars podcast you can get on with uh welcome to trb uh, make sure you subscribe to us you can do that on youtube or apple Podcasts, soundcloud spotify podbean we're running something right now where if you want to rate us you can win one of our t-shirts uh for make solo 2 happen uh just go to apple podcast rate us five stars take a screenshot and tweet at us at rbatswnn with hashtag rate the resistance and you're in to win we're running that through june so enter and give it a shot never tell you the odds right um, make sure you go to starwarsnewsnet.com every day for all of your latest Star Wars news, reviews, editorials, information, and more. If you want more TRB, you can support us at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Here started two bucks a month. We have nine mini episodes every month, which includes a Q&A. We have commentaries. We got the Empire Strikes Back coming up. We're going to even be start uh, doing Mandalorian commentaries also. So if you want to get in, check out the action. Uh, tier started two bucks a month up to five tiers we appreciate the support patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and our generals a very special thank you to you carmelo andrew staley jeremy myers neil shaw david probus john reese micah harrison tampa movie guy gary michael gaines jetta rosewater beer fett russ harbison kendall gel sorry kendall gelnar and val trichkoff you guys are the best 
Thank you, generals, so much. You guys can find me on Twitter at Johnny Hoey and writing at StarWarsNewsNet.com. James? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Meyer Trunks. Lacey? You can catch me at Twitter and Instagram at Lacey Gillerin talking about Star Wars mostly, but every once in a while I'll talk about sports like the Yankees and it throws everyone off. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Lacey did watch a baseball game with me when we were at New York Comic Con and she was into it. I will say Yankee playoff game. I didn't know one name in the ask ask Ryan section. Oh, really? No, not not a single name. That's all right. I think for a lot of people that might be the case. That might be. I liked his Mariana Um, answer. That was like a perfect answer. Oh, Rivera would definitely. Or Derek Jeter would be a Jedi, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, well, that's it, guys. We hope you enjoyed the show. Again, thank you to Ryan Ruko for joining us. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he comes back because, man, we really could have just kept going. One with the Force, I thought was super fun. awesome, but it, it it took up so much of the time that we had the open. He didn't give me that punch, Astros answer though. I wanted it, Ryan. I know, but but you know what? <laughs> he flat out said he's like, you know what? CC thinks the Astros. Suck. <laughs> So that's, uh, that works for me. But everybody, we hope you are staying safe, staying well, and we hope you enjoy your weekends. And as always, we'll see you guys on the Mando Fan Show tomorrow. But if you just want some TRB, we'll see you Monday morning right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids. <laughs>